This message was recorded at North 2012, an event organised by Christ Central, part of New Frontiers. You can find out more about Christ Central by visiting our website, ChristCentralChurches.org. Thank you very much. Um, Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be uh, with you today. Um, We... um, it's just so wonderful to come back to England. Um, there's a sound in the background. Is it outside of here? Okay, cool. We're safe. <clears throat> yeah, um, I came with uh, Levy. Um, if you just stand up. Um, Levy is probably, uh, he's from Norway. He's a Norwegian. So can you welcome him for me? Yeah. Welcome. Yeah. Uh, Levi is part of our church in uh, in in Lillestrøm, just outside of uh, Norway, Oslo, and uh, it's great to be here together with him. I was asked to speak on uh, the subject is uh, breaking a uh, loving community, breaking down cultural barriers. This is very echoing, isn't it? It sounds strange. Hello. Okay, I'll just keep uh, talking. How are you today? I hope you're well. You had good coffee, good uh, sleep. How many of you are in the tent? Okay. How many of you are in a caravan? Okay. How many of you are in a hotel? Oh, wow. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Okay. Um, are we ready? Is that all we can do? Okay, I'll just start. Oh, this is... Okay. Soundtrack, okay. Can you hear me, right? No. Okay. Um, I just want to uh, start by saying, introducing myself. Uh, my name is John Cardinal. Uh, one of those cardinals in Rome, uh, yeah, Ifani, um, that's my surname. Um, I'm originally, I was born in Nigeria and I grew up there, but about uh, probably say 18 years ago, God took me on a journey to work in different countries. I lived in, uh, I worked in uh, Cameroon, Ivory Coast, Kenya, South Africa, India. Uh, back to South Africa. I was planning to move to Zimbabwe, and God said, I felt God say, stay there for now. And um, I didn't know why, but um, He brought my wife from Bristol to me. <laughs> you believe that? Uh, and I have my friend actually. Can you stand? Um, she's actually, can you give her a hand for me? She's uh, my old friend, my, my wife's old friend. Can you believe it? She was standing with my wife the day I met them for the first time. So it's great to have you. Welcome. Okay. I'm not lost, okay? I'm just, yeah. And, um, and I, I, I worked in these places and lived there. And, and finally, I met my wife and then moved to England. And I lived in Bristol for some years. And then we then moved from Bristol to Norway. So actually, living in Norway now. Uh, so it's been a journey for me 
um, living and working in those countries. It's been a journey. I've had some personal experience working cross-culturally. And uh, people ask me, where are you from? I said, well, I don't really know anymore. They say, I said, well, I was born in Nigeria, but I don't think I'm from there anymore. I said, what do you mean? I said, well, to be, to be honest with you, I've changed a lot. I'm messed up uh, culturally that I don't know where I'm from. Uh, I've got a little bit of there, a little bit of there, a little bit of there, a little bit of there. And that is quite messy, but it's good because God has the purpose and plans for that. And so I want to, I want to start actually by saying that, you know, we look at when we talk about culture, um, what I found personally is that there are different cultures. And when I say different cultures, I don't mean, you know, people from India and people from Norway or from... I mean, my, my understanding, there is four or five different kinds of culture. And the first one is a personal culture. And I will explain. Um, this is how I do my thing. You know, some people like their tea black. Some people like to put a drop of milk, two or three. If you put four drops, you've ruined it. Um, There's a personal culture. This is the way I like to do things. That's personal. You grew up with it. You live with it. You you form it over the years. It becomes, uh, it starts with a habit. It starts with something you learn. And over the years, it becomes a culture to you. And the second one is a family culture. Uh, the family you come from, there's a way your parents do things. You know, the, 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 the teacup has to be there. The boxes has to be there. There's, there's a, you know, when you wake up in the morning, you have to have tea first before you say good morning to anyone. Um, it becomes, it's a habit. And then before you know, it becomes a family culture. You know, when you sit at the table, when you eat, you don't say a word. You know, just eat. Okay. And to some family, is a, is a time where they chat, 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 chat. You know, some people even forget they are eating. And you just have to tap them and say, eat your food. Um, it, it is a family culture. And, and those things start little. And over the years, it forms and becomes a culture. Now, there is also a community culture. I was actually chatting to somebody outside here and uh, just in the tent while we were having uh, lunch and she said oh, I'm from you know she's from Cambridge and married to a guy from Hull and she said you know moving to Hull I found that actually that people are so different I said what do you mean you know you're all English you know she said no it's they're so different I mean the word weird wanted to drop out, but she kind of held it back. <laughs> but, but she's trying to express something that she found that even though you're living in England, but she's from one community and moved to another community and found that there are differences, even though they're all white and they all speak the same way, sometimes not quite, but there is differences there. And then there is what is called national culture, which is this is the way the British does it. You know, we are English. This is the way we do it. And it, it, this is a, a national culture. 
And then there is a, a Christian culture. When you become a Christian, or actually there's six of them actually, before you become a Christian, you have a culture, you know, the way you do things, the likes, the things you do and all that. Now you become a Christian, and some of us, we struggled in this area because you found that now you become a Christian, that you, you kind of find out, well, they do things quite different like the way you used to do things before. And sometimes even affect the way you think and the way you live. And, and the Bible talks about renewing your mind. He's saying, hey, 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 the way you used to live before, those culture, those things from, from personal, from family, from community, from national. He say, hey, you've got to change the way you think. So there is a Christian culture. And so many of us, we struggle when we become Christians because we find it difficult to try to adapt into this new culture. And so when you hear a message on Sunday, some of us, we get offended because we think, how dare him say that? You know, you don't say it actually, but you think it in your mind because everything you hear, often I will say 99% of God's word confronts every of these cultures that we've built up over the years. Whether it's personal, whether it's family, whether it's community, whether it's national, or even as a, the culture you made up before you become a Christian. Does that make any sense? Okay. And, and what we find is that becoming a Christian changes everything. Of course it has to change everything. And I, wanna, I want to... Also, having said that, I want to also take you to another place. That when you become a Christian, there is, you find yourself in a different culture. But I want us to understand this. That the Christian culture is probably the best culture that you can think of. The Christian culture is a culture that is not only that is the best for us as humans, but also it unites us. But think about it. Every culture that I've just mentioned here, they all separate people. They all separate us from either one another, from communities, from nations. But the Christian culture is the only culture that unites us. That, that means that one person that has personal culture there... That person has personal culture there. They become a Christian. They can come together and live together. And we wonder, how did they do it? And then you see somebody from India, uh, somebody from Norway or from another country comes together and they live together. And you wonder, how did they do that? Because the gospel is the only, the Bible culture is the only culture that destroys in a way, in a good way, hear this, I didn't, I didn't mean it in the wrong way, it destroys in a good way those personal, family, national, community cultures that exist within us that sometimes we don't even know why we do what we do because it's part of who we are and it's become natural to us. Are you still with me? Now, um, how do, we, how do we understand this? I will start with the gospel. Let me say this. The gospel, uh, if you understand God's intention and plan for humanity, is that we all will come 
and be reconciled to God. We, uh, you know, let's take you back to the Garden of Eden. The Bible says God created man and he was, he was so cute. But he has no life in it. And God blew into him and life came. And he said he made them male and female. And he put them in the Garden of Eden. But then they listened to the enemy who has a different culture. Now, everything I'm going to be saying, I'm going to be referring to culture. I hope you understand that. Now, when I talk about culture, don't think about the way you put your shoes on, okay, and the way the other person put their shoes on. I'm talking about the certain behavior, those things, the way your worldview, the way you see things, the way that, you know, what goes on here and there. Okay, when you see somebody, when you meet people that are different from you, what goes on here and there? Even as I'm standing here, what was, the, what was your first impression when you saw me? Just be honest. Some things that goes on in us. That's what I'm talking about. Now the enemy comes and says, hey, hey, you know, you know, this God doesn't, you know, this is what you need to do. If you do this, you'll be fine. You'll even be better than what God has made you. He's bringing a different culture and they say, yeah, 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 we'll, we'll do that. And the, the enemy deceived them and they fell. And what happens? The Bible says that God says, okay, I'll kick you out. He kicked them out. But then in Genesis chapter 8, I believe, the Bible said that they were, I think they in chapter 6 or something, they built this huge tower to worship an idol. And God knocks it down or knocks them down and gives them different languages. And what happened? In chapter 8... Bible say the world was filled with people with different languages. And they were scattered all over the world. Now, but God didn't give up on them. He was still interested in them. And as, as a matter of fact, before they had these different languages, they were all one. They spoke one language. They all understood each other. In fact, the fact that they built that amazing, gigantic uh, tower was as a result that they were one. Okay? Now just follow me, okay? Now what happened was, when they were scattered, even though they still speak the same language, things began to change. As they go in groups and into different nations, people began to form a different culture. Are you following me? Now, before they were one. Now, they are all different. Now, you may ask the question, why, what's that about? Well, we need to understand this, that God loves diversity. He loves to have diversity. He loves it so much. He loves to have people doing different things or living in different places and all that. But ultimately, his plan is to bring all those things together to be one. Now, that takes us to the gospel. Why did Jesus come? The Bible says he came to reconcile us back to God. Not only back to God, I believe, is also to reconcile us one to another. Now, on the cross, Jesus, if you remember the thief, he said, today you'll be with me in paradise. Now, he was reconciled with God, but also he was reconciled to Jesus as a man. So, two things that happened on the cross, reconciliation between man and God, also man and man. 
This was a thief. He's, he will kill you to take your stuff. But now he's reconciled. He's united with Christ. And Jesus is saying, you know what? Today you'll be with me in paradise. Okay. Now, I take it from there. Ephesians tells us that Jesus came to bring us back to God and to unite us in Christ. Uh, 2 Corinthians 5 verse 16 says this, From now on, we know no man after the flesh. Okay, we don't know anyone after the flesh. Now, let's just read it. Uh, I don't want to quote it wrongly. Has anyone got a Bible? Can you read for me? I read it. I got it. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. Now, some translations use the word, we know no man after the flesh. What is he saying? He's saying, when you become a Christian, we don't see you from a human point of view anymore. We see you that you are now a new person in Christ. Now, what are the implications of that? The implications of that is this, that when you become a Christian, your family culture, your personal culture, your community culture, your national culture has nothing to do with your Christian life in terms of relationship with one another. Please hear what I'm not saying. I'm not saying that your culture, your, all those things are rubbish. That's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is when you step into Christ, you need to begin to form a new culture or seek God's new way of doing things. And this is where many of us struggle. Okay, this is where we struggle because it requires a lot of change. And that brings me to the, the question. When people ask me, where are you from? I say, I don't know. Because over the years, I've found that, that I've changed so much and I'm still changing that I'm so confused of who I am and where I'm from. And I say it in a good way. Because the Bible says you have to die to live. Somebody who is dead doesn't know anything about himself anymore, right? But he's actually, by doing that, you're actually gaining life to the full. And that's an introduction. Hope um, I haven't confused you. Now, the, the question we want to look at is, how do we cross cultural barriers in our churches and relate better with people from cultures different from our own. Where do I start? I'll share my experience. First of all, when I left uh, uh, Nigeria to work in other culture, I moved to an African culture um, to live there. And of course, you know, we all black, we all eat probably the same food and all that. But I got my culture shock. You know what culture shock is. I got my first culture shock when I moved to Kenya. 
And there are some things that happen there, you know, the way people behave and think. And, you know, I was there on a mission. I was, I've given up everything, you know, to go and work as a missionary. I said, God, I'm going back. I was angry. I was mad with God. I said, why did you bring me here? Can I say this? You know, it's okay to be angry. You know, and, you know, don't shout at people and complain to them. But you can shout at God and complain to God. The whole book of Psalm is about complaint. And, you know, the Psalm is expressing his, you know, anger. And, and I said, God, I'm going back to Nigeria. He said, what? He said, yes, I'm going. He said, well, this is just step one. I said, what do you mean? He said, well, he says, I want to change you. I want to, I want to change you so that you can be used for God. He said, have you not been praying about that? You know, so many times you pray, oh, God, use me, God. I want to work for you, God. And he said, have you not prayed that? I said, yes, I prayed. But he said, this is part of that. I want to change you. I said, but these people are weird and I, I don't like it. I'm sorry if you're from Kenya, okay? But I'm just, I'm just being honest, okay? To be honest, okay? I said, no, no, no. I'm just going. And he said, no, I'm not. God said, no, you're not. I said, okay. I'll give it two more weeks. And after two weeks... I said, I'm still going. And then something happened. It's a long story. And I felt God said, I I felt something happened that really, really touched me. And I felt, okay, I really, really have a problem. There are some issues in my life that I need to resolve. Now we're talking about how do we we work cross-culturally in our church. I'm going to be very practical Okay, I'm going to say some things. Some of you are going to go, whoa, what's that? Okay? Just put on your seatbelt, okay? Yeah. But my point is this, is that there are some things, if we're going to work cross-culturally, hear this, everything we're going to do for God begins with God working in us. I'll say that again. Everything we intend to do for God Begins by God working in us. Working in us. Oh God, I want to reach the nations. I want to conquer the nations for Jesus. No, no, no. God has to start with you. He has to conquer you first. And I realize that I have some prejudices in my heart. For other people. Which never been untapped, if you like. And you know, it starts to come out. It starts to come out. Every day, things will happen. And I will just complain and whine and, and just name it. I just want to give up. But after, I think, three months, I began to surrender. You know, because we are quite stubborn. We're very stubborn, all of us. I'm, I'm not going to ask you whether you are. I'm telling you, you are. Yes, you are. Very stubborn. And things began to work in a way that I have to deal with myself, deal with my attitude towards other people. I have to work on different things. And I have to know, I have to know that actually that 
I have to see people differently than I used to see them before. And it took quite some time. And that was my preschool. After some time, I moved to South Africa. And God said, you've graduated from preschool. This is primary school. And, and I, it was a different thing as well. I have to scream and shout at him and scream. And that one finished. We're going to India. And that was another, I don't know, we call that O level. What do you call that here? <laughs> a level? Yeah, something like that. And then over and over and over, God began to work in my life. And I want to share with you just a few things that I felt God spoke to me about um, that really helped me. And one of them is to one of them is to change your view of people. Yeah, change your. Uh, the, you know, we have this uh, preconceived ideas we have about people, and we form those preconceived ideas by what we watch on television, what we hear other people say about other people what we read from the paper or from magazines and all that. And we form these ideas about, oh, people from that place, that's the way they behave. And we begin to classify people into, you know, groups. And in our, all these things happens in our mind. No, no, we don't see it in our eyes, but actually they are there. And before you know it, it becomes what the Bible calls strongholds. And God said, you have to deal with that. And that was the first thing I have to deal with. To see every human being that they are humans. To see every person that we are the same. We are one. And I'll show you an example in the Bible in, in Acts chapter 10. Um, we'll see, I'll show you now. Acts <clears throat> If you have a Bible, if you could turn with me to, to Acts. Um, and I'll show you one example from, from Peter. Where is it? Is someone a good Bible? Can you read for me? Did you get it? You have a Bible? Okay, I'll read. Now, I'll tell you the story. The story is that Cornelius, uh, he is a Gentile, and he's not a Christian, and the Holy Spirit comes, gives him revelation about Jesus and how he needs to become a Christian and all that, and he responds to that. And then he asks his two servants to go and look for someone who will come and explain the gospel to him. And why they went to, to, to do that Peter was hungry, and he went up to the, to the temple to go to sleep, to make, to make food for him, and then he fell asleep, and he went into a trance. And then in that trance, look at what happened. Um, you read from verse 20, um, uh, verse 9. About noon, the following day, as they were on their journey on approaching the city, Peter went up on the roof to pray, he became hungry and wanted something to eat. And while the meal was being prepared, he fell into a trance. He saw heaven open and something like a large 
sheet being let down to earth by its four corners. It contained all kinds of four-footed animals, as well as reptiles of the earth and birds of the earth. Then a voice told him, Get up, Peter, kill and eat. Surely not, Lord, Peter replied. I have never eaten anything impure or unclean. Now look at verse number 27. I read from 26. But Peter made, Peter made him get up. Stand up, he said. I am only a man myself. Talking with him, Peter went inside and found a large gathering of people. He said to them, You are well aware that it is against our law for a Jew to associate with a Gentile or visit him. But God has shown me that I should not call any man impure or unclean. Now, what's going on here? Now, some of you will know Peter. Peter walked with Jesus for three years. Very spiritual man. He was the first to say to Jesus, you are the son of God. Uh, Jesus, uh, the Pentecost, he was the one that stood up and preached so powerfully. Thousands gave their life to Jesus. But in chapter 9, if you read the last few verses in chapter 9, he actually raised a dead woman from, from the dead. He was actually a very spiritual man. But you know what? He had a, a, something that was sitting deep down in his spirit or in his heart. And that's prejudice about the Gentiles. He saw the Gentiles as unclean. Now, even though that Jesus had already commissioned them in Acts chapter 1 verse 8, he says, go and preach the gospel starting from Jerusalem to Judea and to Samaria. Samaria belongs to the, the Gentile or people they have problem with. I'll explain that in a few minutes. And then, right here, with all his spiritual uh, maturity and growth and experiences and ministry, he was still looking down on the Gentiles. And this is where God has to bring him to a point to teach him, hey, this is not right. And so the only way God could communicate that to him was to use what he's used to or what he's when he's hungry, to teach him that, hey, this is not right. And so what happens? God sends this uh, basket of meat. He obviously loves eating meat, like me. And, and, um, and then he says, oh, no, I can't eat that. I can't do that. He said, why? He said, well, it's got unclean animals in it. And then in Peter's mind... The Gentiles are unclean. How did he get that idea? Where did he get that idea from? He says, because our custom, it's a national, it's a community thing. Did you see that? He got this culture from the community. He's got this culture from his what? Nation. He drew from those points. So some of the things that we do, we either draw them from personal or community or family or national. A little child in, the, in Norway where we live is a little boy. Um, he's, from, he's from Africa. Uh, the parents were from Africa. And um, he's about four years old. And in their preschool, had another girl. She's a Norwegian. Okay, very blonde Norwegian. And this little boy came home one day and said to her mom, 
Um, this girl, or let me call her Jessie, um, she said, oh, Jessie wouldn't play with me because I am black. Now, where did he get that from? Now, if a four-year-old girl, where did he get that from? Where do you think he got that from? From parents. Yeah. That's the culture in the family. And from four years old, this girl is forming this idea that, no, 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 I don't play with you because you are different. Now, this is everywhere. But this, I'm telling this story because I was there. Okay? Um, but the point I want to make is that we, this guy, Peter, what he learned from his custom, his culture, even though he's been a Christian for years, raised the dead, done ministry, but he was still bound with this thing. Are you, are you following me? Now, I believe some of us, God wants to set you free today. Really? want to set you free. Because the problem is not that you're not spiritual. You are spiritual. The problem is not that you, you don't have a calling from God. You do have a calling from God. But like Peter, he, he's done the stuff. I mean, he, nobody got so close to Jesus like he did. But yet, he had this issue that needed to be dealt with. Uh, we're dealing with how can we work cross-culturally in our churches. This is one of it. This is one of the big things. It's okay to say to people, oh, get along together. Come on, love one another. Oh, come on, hug one another and all that. That's all good. But actually, if I've got something sitting right deep down in my soul, probably I got that from my family culture or from my community culture or from my national culture. That's not going to help me. But I just say, oh, come on, get along, love one another, hug one another, drink coffee with one another. That's all great, but what about that? You hear what I'm saying? And so we wanna, we gotta, if we're going to work cross-culturally, brothers and sisters, we're going to go deep down in our souls and ask, what information, what culture have you got from family, friends, churches, and leaders, whatever, that, it, that will be a hindrance from us reaching out to other people. And now, look, look at this, because that's, I'm going to give you my first point in, in how to work cross-culturally. Look at verse number 35. I'll read from 34. Then Peter began to speak, and now realize, okay, I love this, Peter began to speak, he said, I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism, but accepts men from every nation who fear him and do what is right. And then he began to talk about the gospel. Now hear this. Peter, after so many years of becoming a Christian, walking with Jesus, at this point he realized that God accepts everyone as the same. So if you ask me, John, what's the key to working cross-culturally? Number one, I would say, number one, you have to change your perception of other people. Now, 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 now. I know you're thinking white, black, Asian, and all that. No, 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 no. Let's bring it back. 
to England. You know, uh, people from London and people from Cambridge, people from Hull and Bristol, they behave different ways. Some, some, sometimes. Right? They talk different ways, right? Let's be honest, okay? This is a seminar. This is a, there's no, you know, there's no... Yeah, let's be real here. Now, how do we see them sometimes? Because we might also, when I talk about these things, I'm talking about something that is here. Oh, people from Bristol, oh, just leave them. Just uh, walk away. It's all seated here and there as well. What you know, what you feel, what you think, what other people have said, what, that's, all those things have formed something in you. And actually, let me say this, you will never effectively love people, relate to people, and even to work with people until you deal with that, that is seated here and there. And that's why the Bible says, renew your mind. So that's the first one. First thing, we have to change what is here and here. Renew this and change your perception. The second thing, I think, is, is what Peter said here. He said this. Um, he says, but accept, accepts men from every nation. The second thing, I think, is that we have to accept people for who they are, not for the way they behave. You get it? I say it again. We have to accept people for who they are, not for the way they behave. And this is difficult. I say why? Because often it's, it's very difficult to separate who somebody is from the way they behave. And that's why it's very challenging. But we have to deal with that, the fact that I accept you for who you are. You are, especially for Christians, I accept you for who you are because you are a child of God. You are made in the image of God. That's what Peter was saying. He says, God does not show what? Favoritism. In other words, the Jews are not better than the Samaritans. And this existed then, you know, in the culture, very, very powerfully in their culture. But he says, no, 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 no. We are all the same. And brothers and sisters, see, this is the point of the gospel. If you, if you miss this, you've missed the point of the gospel. In Genesis, the people were given in languages, different languages, and they were scattered. What happens in Revelation chapter 7? The Bible says, I saw people from different tribes, different nations, different languages, all coming together to worship God. That's where we're going, brother. That's where we're going. So if you don't like people from London, you're going to sit next to them when you get over there. If you don't like people from over there, over there, over there, we're going we're gonna to all be together. Now, can I say something again? Some of you, it might sound strange to you. 
You know, we also have these divisions in the churches. You know, they are Methodists, we are Anglicans, we are, and all that. You know, if they are born again, they are part of God's people. Amen? Say amen. Amen. Yeah. Some of you find it difficult to say amen to that. But, yeah. There is no, there is no, the Anglicans are over there, the New Frontiers are over here, the Christ Centrals are over here. There's nothing like that. The Bible says we are to be united and we'll be one in Christ. This is the gospel. This is the truth from the Bible. You might not like it, but that's what it is. That's what it is. And so my point is, if we're going to work cross-culturally, we have to deal with these things because they are hindering us from reaching the place where God wants us to be. And I said this before. Whatever God wants us to do, He begins with dealing with us. Because for us to be effective, he has to remove everything that will hinder us from reaching his goal. Now I'm going to move on from there. Um, The other thing that I find very, very interesting is this. That if you, you, uh, some of you know the story of the prodigal son. And we, you know, some of you had so many preaching from that. But there's two things I saw in that story. And the, the first one is welcome, and the other thing is hospitality. Yeah, notice if you, if you remember the story. This guy is messed up, is not supposed to be accepted in the house, and all that. But the moment he comes, actually, read the story. The Bible actually said, the father saw him from the window afar off. And guess what? The father ran to get him. He didn't actually come home. The father actually ran to get him. He actually has made a decision to welcome him even before he got home. The second thing happened is that they, they, they celebrated, they killed you know, things and cooked food. That's hospitality. You see, hospitality is not being nice to someone. And it's not enough giving someone a cup of coffee or tea. But actually, it's about welcoming them and actually accepting them for who they are even when they don't fit into the box you want to put them. And that's another point. The other thing that will hinder us from building a multicultural church is is that we often in our culture, and I say this in general, even whether you're from Africa or anywhere, we often like to put people in a box. And that stems from our culture. Stems from a personal culture, church culture, or family culture. This is the way things should be done. And so when somebody comes, we try to fit them into that box. And if they don't fit in, we try to kick them into it, punch them into it, and, and headbutt them into it, you know, spit them into it. And they don't fit. What do we do? We condemn them. Right? And some of you here, you've been condemned because you didn't fit in. Or maybe they didn't understand you. Something like that. But what's my point? My point is this. Every barrier, that's the the subject, every barrier that we've put up, we've got to bring those down. If, If we doesn't come down, and it begins with you and me. Okay? It begins with me and you. If we say, for example, if somebody walks into your church, you never met that person for the first time. 
Okay? And you're going to say to myself, okay, John, I don't know this person, but every wall I've put up, I'm going to pull it down. You don't have to say it out, but just do it in your mind. Pull it down. And welcome that person. Show them hospitality for who they are. Number one, they are made in the image of God. Number two, if they are Christian, they are in Christ. So actually, they deserve those things because they qualify for that. You follow me? Now, I'll show you another example. You know, I'll say this because, you know, that we know the Bible very well. The stories of the Bible is actually stories of that reveal a lot of welcoming and hospitality. Now, I'll say this. Without these two qualities, I tell you, sometimes I've often wondered, why didn't Jesus come now? You know, this, this century, or maybe 10 years ago, or, you know, 20 centuries ago. He came the time he came. You know why? I think one of the reasons is that the culture of that day was conducive enough for him to survive there. And i tell you why. For example, the culture was a culture of welcoming and hospitality. Jesus didn't have a job. You know that? Didn't have a job. But he survived with 12 men for three years. How do you do that? Because the culture was a culture of welcoming and hospitality. So when he sent the disciples out, the Bible says he sent them without nothing. He just said, go with nothing. Go knock on doors. If you, if you knock on doors and they welcome you and feed you and all that, share them good news. Share the good news to them. So I believe that without welcoming and hospitality, the gospel would not have got to the point it is today. So that Jesus, that the culture made it effective for the gospel. Made it possible for Jesus to work three years without a job, but yet they actually had enough money for Judas to steal from the pocket. They had more than enough. Why? Because welcoming and what? Hospitality. Okay? So if you want to work cross-culturally, you have to be welcoming Genuine welcoming. Welcoming is not just, hi, nice to meet you. No, 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 no. It has to be from here. In your heart. Okay? I'll give you another example. You know, Jesus said, I'm going to my father's house to prepare a place for you, and I will come back to take you there. Now, so many of us, you know, you've had visitors or guests come and visit you. It takes a lot of work to have a guest. Right? Just nod, you know, if you're, no, if you're still awake. <laughs> I had a story of a, um, a guy who was studying to be a paramedic. And um, they heard that somebody died in church. So they called them to come and check him out. And then they came into the church. They have to roll ten people before they found the one that was dead. Because the others were sleeping. <laughs> so many are cold, but few are frozen. <laughs> they are frozen in church. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not lost. Yeah. Jesus, Jesus, uh, what was I saying? Yeah. Jesus, <laughs> what was 
I saying? Yeah. Jesus, um, Jesus said to... Oh, I'm lost. <clears throat> okay, I'll come back to that again. Yeah, I was talking about um, hospitality. Talking about hospitality. And um, what was the last thing I said? I just want to check if you're following me. Yeah? Preparing a place. You're awake. Well done. Yeah. So we said, Jesus said, I'm going to go prepare a place for you and I'll come back and take you. What does that mean? Jesus is saying, number one, I want to offer you a welcome. It's number one. Number two, I'm going to offer you hospitality. And I said that some of us, if you have had guests in your home, it takes a lot of work. He's going to clean your house, get it ready for them. You're going to make food for them, <clears throat> for them to come in and then eat. And all that, when they finish eating, you say, so nice to see you. They leave. You have to clear up, right? And Jesus is saying, welcoming and hospitality. Very, very important. Now, the other thing, which <clears throat> I found very uh, very, very uh, interesting is uh, <clears throat> love and acceptance. Love and acceptance. Yeah, we don't have time, but let me say this. Love and acceptance. We have to love people, not only love them, but actually accept them. Of course, I've said a few things about that before, but love and acceptance. And I'll, I'll, I'll share something from John chapter 4. We didn't have time, but I've learned so much from John chapter 4. Jesus was a Jew, a human. And this woman was from Samaritan. She's <clears throat> a Samaritan. And what you see is the Jews and the Samaritans, they don't get along. And Jesus came to the well and met this woman. And Jesus said to this woman, give me something to drink. It was an open conversation. And this woman saying, I'm not going to give you, you know, because Jews, we don't get along. There was a prejudice that existed between them. But Jesus, that day, he wanted to break it down. Not only in the life of that woman, but also in the life of his disciples. That's why they came back and said, why are you talking to a woman? Because also in the culture, women are not seen to be up there. They seem to be down there. And also because of temptation and other reasons, men are not allowed to talk to them in the public. And, and also being a rabbi, that's even against the custom that exists that day. But Jesus broke that down. But Jesus also knew about her life, the details of her life, that she was a sinner, but he didn't judge her. He accepted her. Okay? And also loved her enough to tell her about salvation. And this woman became a Christian. You follow him? Yeah, so that's the second thing. Um, I know that <clears throat> I know that my my time it's almost gone, and I asked Levy actually to share a little thing about his because uh, Levy has been with us for some time now, and he's been to Africa. I just asked him to just share briefly about his uh, experience uh, working cross culturally, and then I'm going to just finish off. Yeah, thank you, thank you. Uh, first of all, I'd just like to say that it's great to be in England, and I really much like your culture. And, uh, <laughs> and today I had a proper English breakfast. It was perfect. Uh, yeah, I've, uh, some years ago, uh, I was in a missionary school, and I went to Africa. And um, 
Uh, I was living in a family where the wife, she was from Brazil, and uh, the man, the husband, he was from Togo. <coughs> so around my ears, I had uh, yeah, French, uh, Portuguese, uh, Arabic, and uh, of course the different languages in, uh, in Senegal. Uh, yeah, so, and even after being in Africa, we went home, and the first thing we did was start spending time with people from Afghanistan. So during that time, I really met a lot of different cultures. And um, yeah, and now, so recently, uh, two years ago maybe, I met with uh, John and his wife, and uh, they wanted to start a new uh, church in Norway. Uh, and I'm so glad that they brought like English culture at least I feel it's like English culture that they brought to Norway and I like our Christian culture I can say because it's like uh, yeah, welcoming as you say and uh, uh, hospitality the gentleman culture I love it so much about yeah, the way you serve people and um, yeah and even the thing about speaking positive because not every culture is like that. I just had experience not uh, too long ago where um, uh, a guy from another country, he, yeah, I felt that he was complaining a lot on me and I started being uh, upset with that. But, and I really had a difficult time to forgive that because I was, yeah, you know, we people from Norway we very easily get upset with uh, <laughs> other people. And, um, yeah, but um, what I saw actually is that, of course, he yeah he's new in his faith, and uh, so maybe it's his country from his, his cultural for, sorry my English, <laughs> uh, maybe it's uh, just uh, the culture that he has brought from his country, or maybe it's just his personal culture that uh, maybe can be a bit straight and uh, say things the way it. It is without uh, using many po positive words, but uh, at least he's honest. And I, now I appreciate that very much. Uh, well, yeah, we people in Norway, uh, we can maybe avoid telling the truth because we only want to stay friends with people all the time, never hurt anyone. And uh, yeah, so you get to see. Uh, and experience lots of different things when you're working in a multicultural church. And uh, I just tell that you need to be flexible, and even then you will have challenges, but it's really good and you learn a lot from it. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Sorry. Um, I just um, want to summarize with this. There is uh, one of the very important element of working cross-culturally is flexibility okay if you're not flexible you know you can't work cross-culturally um, because there are different cultures and also there is different way people for example some people are very direct you know they can tell you quite just as it is and some of us we come from cultures where it's not direct. You have to go to London first, go to Newcastle, then come back to Bristol, and then go to Hull, and then you then tell them, or maybe you give them a little hint, 
you don't quite tell them, and they have to source it out themselves. And then the person walks away more confused than before. And then you kind of get angry. Why don't they understand you? You know, and then you walk away angry and they walk away upset. That's a different, another challenge which we have to then learn how to deal with is trying to understand what, how do they think? How do they relate? What do, how do they understand things? Are they direct? They're direct. Speak to them direct with respect and in love. The other thing is flexibility. Um, we're working now with a group of guys in our church plant, and one of the things we, you know, we've, we've talked about a lot is flexibility. I mean, we have uh, levies from nowhere. We have a guy from Poland. We've got a girl from, um, from Ghana. We've got another one from another country. I'm from Regina from Nigeria. My wife is real, real, real Bristolian British, and, and we're all working together. You know, but, you know, we are still alive <laughs> and well, you know, because we, we talked about flexibility and honesty. I said this, honesty, very, very important. Be honest with people. It's very, very important. And I'm going to stop there. I know we've got so many other things you could say, but can I ask you to ask questions? Is that okay? Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. I know... The seminar's four, and I know some of you have got kids to look after, so feel free to go. It won't be rude in our culture, Christian culture, to go if you need to. But it'd be great if you have got questions of John. I know he shared a lot of his heart, and I think one of the things when I, what I was thinking when John was speaking was a couple of years ago, um, God really challenged a stronghold in my life. Because those of you that might know me, I've all, with all sorts of cultures. And uh, one day I discovered I was really racist two years ago about Americans. <laughs> really? And it's sudden, are you American here? I love you. Come and give me a hug. Come here. I love Americans now. I tell you what, because I put them in a box, you know, because I love all colours, but white Americans annoyed me because I thought they were like that. And God challenged that stronghold. And I think if there's one thing that you take from what John said is there might be a stronghold still in your life, whether you've got a heart for nations, cultures. And I think God may be pinpointing that. So... Before we ask questions, before everybody goes, at least let's pray, because I think pray into that. And then if you want to stay, ask questions, um, please do. Can I also say, if you do go, please pray for John and Catherine and our church in Norway. The more people praying, the more breakthrough we're believing God for. John is building a multicultural church in Oslo. It's been in a lot of the news recently, hasn't it? There are challenges, and John's facing those. I pray for finance for that place. It's a, such an expensive place. And maybe God would speak to you about going to Norway and supporting John. If he's not going to send you, send some finance. You can do that directly to John or through our church in Hull. But at least pray for them, because we want to see churches planted right across that region. Okay, pray for us. Why don't we stand, let John pray for us, then we sit down, and then if you want to stay, you've got time to ask questions, we will.
Thank you very much. Yeah, just pray. Just um, um, if you just put out your hand like you're about to receive from God, and uh, I just encourage you because nobody knows what's going on inside of you, only you and God. Okay. Uh, I mean, we're not here to, you know, to to do anything that you don't want to do. I'm not here to tell you what to do, but I'm here to encourage us. You know, because if God is going to work in your life and through you, he has to take some things away. Okay, there's a song that said, I surrender, I surrender all. And sometimes we don't actually surrender everything, or we don't even know they are there. But right now, I just want you to pray, okay? This is not, you know, you don't have to do anything strange or weird, but just ask him, say, God, please forgive me for thinking about this person or that people group or please I'm sorry forgive me okay can you do that in the next few minutes and I'm gonna pray for you I'm just asking please God take this stronghold away break it I want to be free I want to be free with people I want to be free with myself I want to be free with my family I want to be free I want to serve you. Peter said, now I realize, now I realize that God loves people from all nations. Yeah, just do that, do that in a minute and I'm going to pray for us. Father God, I just want to pray for my brothers and sisters here, Lord Jesus. Thank you God that you brought me to a point, Lord, where you have to deal with things in my life. Some of them, I didn't even know they were there. Lord, I just pray for everyone here today. Lord, whatever prejudices, whatever whatever unwelcoming, whatever thing that exists in our hearts, and Lord, is stopping us from being the people that you've called us to be, to be welcoming, to show hospitality to people, to accept and love other people. Lord, I pray right now. Lord Jesus... Let your power move. Let your spirit touch everyone in this place right now. That's right. That's right. Holy Spirit, I ask you, touch everyone in this place right now. I pray, Lord Jesus, take away every covering caps, everything, Lord Jesus, that's going to hinder us from reaching out. Like Jesus came, Lord, and he reached out to us. He came into our world to save us. That will stop us from reaching out into other people. Lord Jesus, I pray. Father God, take it away right now in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray for that that man, that woman over there right now. Lord Jesus, that is struggling with experiences, past experiences they've had, and it's just hindering them from moving forward. I pray right now. Holy Spirit, break them loose in Jesus' name. That's right. That's right, that's right, that's right. I just saw like uh, something like uh, a wig that has been wrapped around something. It's been untied, just taking it off right now. And I can see that heart pumping as it's supposed to be with love, with love. I see like, right now, Lord Jesus, more, more, Lord. I pray, Lord Jesus, for freedom, freedom, freedom for every woman, every man in this place today. And Lord, I just believe there are people here. God has called you to work cross-culturally. And it's just something you are burning with. But 
you're just daunted about it. You're just scared. I just want to pray for you right now. Yeah, if you are those, if you are among those, can I s- just lift your hand up, raise your hand? You feel God has called you to work cross-culturally, but you're just scared about it. I just want to pray for you right now, Lord Jesus. I pray, Father, in the name of Jesus, Father, every fear. I rebuke you now. In Jesus' name, lose your hold and go. In Jesus' name. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. I just feel God is saying to you, I am with you. I am with you. Be not afraid. And Lord, I want to pray for people that have been hurt, actually. As I just saw... I saw like a board that was painted red, and I was just thinking, God, what's that? He said, well, there are people here today that have been hurt just by people from other cultures or from other communities, and, and that has been a challenge for you. And I just feel God want to heal as well right now. Now, if you're one of those, just put your hand on your chest. I just want to pray. Lord Jesus, I want to pray for those who are hurting because they've been hurt by other people. Father God, I pray right now, let your spirit move and touch them right now. Bring healing where is needed in Jesus' name. Bring freedom where is needed right now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And I I ask you, God, help us to love like Jesus. Help us to accept people like Jesus. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Just take our seats. Um, Like uh, Steve said, if you need to go, please feel free to uh, go for it. Um, um, I just um, say, if you you have uh, any questions or something you want to ask us or ask me, um, please do feel free to do that. If there's no question, then just finish off. Any, yeah? I'm also a foreigner in this country. I'm Italian. Um, I wanted to ask you, what is the best Christian way to react when people show racism uh, towards you? This is a very great question and a um, very sensitive question um, because I believe a lot of people have experience that not only in this nation but also in almost every nation i can tell you almost every nation and i was to say first of all is the person need to understand that this issue is not particularly a national particularly english thing but actually is a worldwide thing and it stems from the human nature the fallen nature of man that this is something that sits in the life of every human being. And how do I respond to that? Well, I say from a Christian point of view, um, I have to be very honest with you. It is not easy. Okay? Very honest with you. It is not easy. And sometimes you just feel like running away. Sometimes you just feel like screaming at them, shouting at them. That's normal. Is that right? Thank you. I love, I love that. Um, Somebody relates because I've been there myself. But you know what I will say is that the, the best way to respond to that is just to love them back. I'll say that because when people meet you, what happens is that they are very suspicious of you. Okay? And so they treat you that way because they don't know you. And 
if you respond negatively, you're not helping the situation. You're causing more problem. And they will say, aha, we said it. That's why we're doing what we're doing. But if you relate to them in a positive way, they see that you are different. You know what? They will love you so much. Now, you know, I, we don't have time, but I can share one example or another. Okay? They will love you more. That's the Christian way to deal with that. Okay? Yeah. Don't feed their insecurities. Don't feed their, you know, hatred. Rather, show them that you're a Christian and you love them. That's the simplest answer I can give you on that. Okay? Any more questions? I'm just interested in what you say about uh, like your old cultures going and the Christian culture coming. And I wondered if you wanted to tell us maybe a bit more of, uh, you know, with your travels, how we can positively learn more about scripture from people's other cultural experiences. You know, because I also worked in Southern Africa. I never understood how the deer pants for the water until that sun was really, you know, hitting you on the back in the afternoon. And a lot of the guys, I didn't understand about, you know, snow covering your sins. So I wonder if you could talk a bit more about how coming from different cultures as Christians, we can really expand each other's view of God's kingdom. Does that make sense? All right, let's say, you know, um, I'm just thinking. I think from my own experience, really, um, I'll probably say, if I understood your question correctly, I think from my own experience, I will probably say um, it takes a lot of sacrifice. It takes sacrifice from your side of it. It takes sacrifice. Um, For me, okay, I'll give another example. Uh, my wife is from Bristol, and I'm from, from Nigeria. We met in South Africa. And before we got married, um, somebody said to us, this is a church leader, looked at us and said, it's not going to work. Now, he was right. Yeah, from a human point of... Yeah, he was right. He said, it's not going to work. <clears throat> you know? I said to him, we will make it work. And we did make it work. Okay? <clears throat> My point is this. Is that you will make it work. According to God's grace. is given to you. Uh, the greatest problem we have today in the world. Is that we don't know how to deal with conflict. We run away from conflict. That's why there's so much divorce. You know, not, not the only, it's not the only reason. But one of that is conflict. Okay, when you come into a conflict with someone from a different culture, the best way is not to run away, is to try and deal with it. What you find is after dealing with it, the relationship gets even much better. Okay, and this is the last question, um, because they said there's another group coming in. This is a very interesting, um, interesting subject. I wish we had the whole day. I only spoke half, you know, half of what I had uh, for you today, but. You know, we can continue this conversation another time or, you know, you can talk to me about this side, I think.